And hello, John. Hello, Mike. And welcome to episode four of Tendo Talk. Goodness gracious, John. Four episodes. That's just... Look at us. That's honestly, that's three more than I was expecting. (laughs) How many episodes do we have to have under our belt before we can consider ourselves like this idea worked? You know? Mm, Four? All right. Nice. (laughs) We're on our way. Uh, So uh, listen, last episode I know was sort of a, we managed to hit every single uh, topic that falls under the Tendo umbrella. But for this week, uh, I I shouldn't even say this week because there's no set schedule. But for this episode, uh, we're going to go focused in again Mm -hmm. because something dropped today, John. It sure did. And it was, it was, uh, I, ha- I have a lot of things to say about it. It's a good thing we have a podcast to talk about it. This is nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a handy thing. Uh, yeah, I think that was the first thing that crossed both of our minds as soon as we saw this, uh, this morning, John, what, what did we see? Stop teasing the people. We saw, <laughs> we saw a brand new trailer for the very hyped Mario 3d world switch remaster plus mm-hmm. Bowser's fury. And yeah. we already knew for a while what Mario 3D World was going to be because we've already played it. It's been out for a while. It was been on. It's on the system called the Wii U that nobody quite understood. Um, Sadly, and I think this is. I think this is actually a number of things uh, is interesting about this. One uh, that we that uh, w- when this uh, re-release came up a, a while ago, I think this marks one of the last Wii U games to be ported over to the Switch. They were one of the last big, mm-hmm. you know, first party, really good Wii U games to make it to the Switch, which is nice. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. So I'm glad they're I'm glad they're making that transition. There were a lot of good games on the Wii U that just didn't get enough recognition because nobody had it or, again, understood what the what the console was because of branding. Um, yeah. Yep. But Bowser's Fury was this part that nobody really knew what it was about. And the last trailer that they had before yesterday or before today was... Uh, just like a logo and we're like, Ooh, yeah. And that sat out there for a while. <laughs> yeah. Like we've been waiting for any kind of information on this. In fact, <laughs> I thought it was funny. The trailer for this started with Mario's 35th, uh, logo animation treatment, but it's mm-hmm. technically no longer that year anymore. Yeah. Now they're cheating. Well, maybe, hey, maybe they planned on releasing it last year, but got delayed. Yeah. I, I think know. it's safe to say that this game suffered from some of the, uh, the delays as a result of events from this year that we don't talk about, but yep. um, you know what? Better late than never. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so this was specifically about the Bowser's Fury side of, of the equation. And I got to say, I was, uh, I was not expecting to be as pumped right now yeah. <laughs> as I am. I, the, the entire trailer was just Bowser's Fury. Like I, I thought yeah. they were going to show like, you know, halvesies of 3d Mario world again and Bowser's Fury. And they're like, nah, you already, you already know the other stuff. Let's just get into the new stuff. And mm-hmm. it's, it looks way more expansive than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be like a few levels and maybe this is just a really, really well done trailer that highlights <laughs> a few <laughs> levels, but it, it actually looks like a lot more than that. And it looks a lot more cohesive than yeah. uh, than just like another tacked on DLC or something. And I have a theory, John. Ooh, what's your Bowser's Fury theory? <laughs> <laughs> Here's my my furious theorious. Um, I think that this is all one contained area. Oh, like an open world. 
I think it is an open world, which is interesting. I'm going to get into that in just a second too, okay. but I think that this isn't just in the back of my head as I was watching this, I kept thinking like, this seems really big. This seems like, you know, it could be a game itself. It's true. But I'm, re- yeah. I'm, re- I'm remembering that this is plus Bowser's Fury, right? So mm-hmm. this is like kind of a tacked on thing for lack of a better more flattering phrase, but mm-hmm. um, I think that this is one big open area. Sort of think, uh, you know, we're, we're going outside of our realm of Nintendo. But did you play the uh, Uncharted spinoff that had uh, Chloe and uh, what's her face? It was the, I didn't, the two I didn't female adventurers. I have maybe okay. maybe save this for another episode, but uh, you know, games I, I should have played. As, right. As okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll make a note of that right here. And good. Okay. So in that game, they introduced this new idea of adding an open world element to Uncharted. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that's what's happening here. I think that it's a large level with lots of stuff to do. And it kind of seems like as you do things in the level, that big spiky Bowser shell in the distance gets angrier and angrier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at some point it just snaps and the whole world sort of transforms into like an evil version of itself. Uh, interesting. I, this to me is a very interesting way of doing DLC. Like they're, they're already, and this is what I wanted to touch on before. They're already doing something that is sort of outside of the formula of Mario 3d world. A lot of people online were saying, Oh, this this looks like it plays like a like a Mario Odyssey level. You're right. I, d- I did get some of those Mario Odyssey vibes. And, and I think that I think you're right. I think that is because the areas are so expansive because Mario Odyssey wasn't afraid to go big on the worlds. Mm-hmm. But looking, I think maybe I've just been spoiled by Mario Odyssey and in, in my most recent memories. But now that I mm-hmm. remember it, a lot of the 3D world levels were pretty small. And yeah. I think that was purposefully done because they wanted them to be just like these little bite-sized snacks that you can progress through and, you know, pick up for five minutes and then play for, you know, and, and then put down. Um, so yeah, it is, it is interesting. And, and, you know, that open world, you know, one large area thought, I think um, I was thinking that without actually making the connections in my head. And I think you were a step in front of me because when I noticed throughout all of these, you see those common elements of like the spikes around you and you see, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously like common items that you need to collect, like you, you can, you collect this, this cat, this shiny cat head now, instead of, <laughs> instead of stars, <laughs> I don't really know what that does, but, uh, but yeah, you're right. Like in the background in almost every single one of the scenes in this trailer, you see these little, these nasty little Bowser spikes, uh, yeah. coming up. And they seem to have made a conscious effort in the level design so that you always have a line of sight on that yeah and i never i never saw anything that looked like a second level or you know because mario levels are so distinctly themed mm-hmm. you know if if suddenly there was a snow level or an underwater thing or whatever that'd be different but this seems to be one persistent world uh which i think is super cool and it touches on something that you and i talked about i think in episode two about sort of this division between linear Mario games and sandbox Mario games. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's just really interesting to me that the developers are taking the toolkit that exists in a very, I think it's, I think we can agree on the fact that Mario 3d world is a pretty linear 
experience. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, even though it's got some areas that sort of open up and things like this, but I think that one that one level where it opened up into a big field and you could run around was what got a lot of people excited. And I think it may have planted an idea in the minds of the developers of like, oh, okay, we can we can use the move set and sort of the engine that we built all of this in and make something that plays more like an Odyssey level. Yeah, that's that's that it is really interesting for them to think of it that way too because like of course Odyssey came out after 3D World maybe they were at the very very early stages of developing Odyssey when when 3D World was already done so it mm-hmm. is it is interesting to take what they've learned from that and apply it to a past Mario game. I think that's uh I'd, I'd almost like to kind of see them see them do that more. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that I think that's a pretty cool pretty cool idea and actually makes me kind of wonder what they'd what they might do with Breath of the Wild too, uh, in that regard. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about the implications for other franchises. Yeah. Well, but this, yeah, this <laughs> idea. I mean, it it kind of it plays out almost like a little mini game, as far as I can tell. Like you collect enough of these little cat token things, mm-hmm. and suddenly the curse on the giant bell is lifted. But but Everything who knows what goes, that does? Does that anger Bowser? Does that I, does that I think make it him does because what into happens, the background? I I think that's what sets Bowser off, right? He he gets all big and scary, which mm-hmm. is epic. <laughs> uh, and it's sort of like a it's a it's a race against a, an extremely overpowered enemy to get back to the bell, whose curse has just been lifted, and you can actually collect it and and make the fight more even you know mm-hmm. yeah that, that's and, a fun concept it's like a it's a very playgroundy sort of like cops and robbers sort of vibe about it that i like yeah i think it's i think it's gonna end up being pretty fun and i, and I think i'm a little more hyped about it now than than i initially was and mm-hmm. and i think so this trailer is kind of split into two parts one is like the you know happy super mario sunshine island getaway vibes uh and mm-hmm. the second half is just like screw it we're gonna go we're gonna go full goth music uh you know <laughs> full metal uh because because bowser's awake now and and we're gonna we're gonna we're just gonna rain hell on everyone but before we do that in the in the happy part did you did you notice uh bowser jr yeah like he's he's prominent throughout the entire thing and he's like carrying this paintbrush like super mario mm-hmm. sunshine uh like like what's i have i have no idea what to is he an ally now is he just like or is it he just seems like, like poking it. along like the sun in super mario brothers 3 like he's just going to be this annoying thing that keeps trying to attack you i don't think so i think it's pretty clear in the trailer that he's helping you like he he bounces on him on enemies ahead of you he uses his paintbrush to like graffiti up a power up that pops out of the wall uh I think that he's like an upgraded version of uh, what would the equivalent be? I guess like playing galaxy with a second player oh, where they, where they okay. could shoot things. Okay. I, I, I don't know if it'll actually second player connection that that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. I don't know if he'll actually be controllable. I mean, it seems like an easy choice, but mm-hmm. uh, even if he's just an AI companion, First of all, the fact that Bowser Jr. is going against his papa <laughs> is I feel like that combined with the themes after Bowser wakes up, we're diving into some seriously dark 
lore. <laughs> yeah, this is this is some pretty pretty significant division of of family and history here. Uh, it's true. It's it a very dark turn. Yeah, and yeah, okay. Second player makes a lot of sense, especially because Mario 3D World was uh, was very heavy on co op, and they did a really good job on co op in that game too. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, that makes a lot of sense, and I am seeing some some interesting you know carryovers from from past Mario games too, like this. You know, I just I just played through Galaxy recently, and I see this like swimming on some random Yoshi looking thing, but not quite Yoshi. Yeah, that thing has a name. What is it? I don't know. I think I think it's Plessy. Plessy. I'm just gonna. Plessy. I'm, just, I'm just gonna call it not quite Yoshi. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, but the water looks great as yeah, always. It does. Like I think that's another really interesting thing about this game is uh, there's not there's not really. You don't typically see that many graphical differences between the Wii U and the Switch. You know, Breath of the Wild was initially released on both of them. It ran a little bit better on the Switch. Maybe looked a little bit better on the Wii U, but they were largely around the same. Yeah. This game, unless I'm just not remembering 3D World right, it seems to look significantly better than it did on the Wii U. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I was actually wondering as I was watching it the first time if this was giving us some kind of hint into what the switch pro might be capable of. Yeah. But I think you're, I think you're right. I think it's just the difference between seeing that game on the Wii U versus seeing it on the switch. Uh, the switch is capable of a lot more than I think people give it credit for. Yeah. Uh, yep. I mean that, that has done nothing to keep me from wanting a switch pro right now, but <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean this, this whole thing is, is, technically very beautiful it's got all kinds of this trailer at least has all kinds of little hints and details the thing that has always cracked me up about mario 3d world is that you know mario's had a variety of power-ups over the years different hats different suits but it wasn't until he dressed up as a kitty cat that i really started to contemplate the idea of a middle-aged mustached man (laughs) dressed up like a little kitty cat. And it was really driven home in this trailer where there's like two (laughs) seconds of him cuddling with real cats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of those cats, I don't Mm -hmm. know if you noticed this, but after Bowser wakes up and the whole world descends into darkness, those cats turn evil. Wait, do they really? Oh, they do. Yeah. Well, why would they do that? Yeah. There's like a, a brief period where like he, he hops up onto a ledge or something and there's like dark purple glowing eyed versions of those cats that attack him. Oh, well, why are, what? No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, want Mario no, games to give no, me nightmares. Why would you do that? <laughs> I know. I think this is probably going to be the scariest Mario game that it, we've ever. Yeah. This, uh, especially in the with. second half of this trailer, it's, it's pretty intense. I mean, first of all, again, visually, Wow, they have they have a lot of stuff going on. They have a lot of really really good looking lighting effects. They have a lot of particle effects going on. I'm even I could have sworn I saw in some parts some motion blur. I don't know. Maybe this is just some weird rendering on the on YouTube or something. But <laughs> I don't know. I I I want to I want to see if they're gonna make motion blur a, a thing in here because Nintendo's typically been very against that. That's um, true. But yeah, and then. Uh, Mike, as you elegantly put it uh, earlier th- this morning to me, uh, when when <laughs> Mario turns into Super Saiyan Cat, uh, <laughs> that's exactly what it is because his, yeah. like his golden hair grows from the back of him and yeah, 
he That's... gets a he gets a big old Goku mane and turns it <laughs> turns into a lion, which I mean I don't I don't feel any better about a mustached man wearing a lion costume, but it looks cooler, I guess. I mean, he certainly gets bigger, so that seems to even the odds. Yeah, this is I and I'm I am wondering too how much of the the fury part of it, I don't know, let's just Let's let's call that the fury part of the trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm wondering how much of the game that actually makes up. Like, is that really just going to be the end Bowser fight, or is this going to be like a recurring thing, or there's just like constant anxiety of the world ending in a Mario level? <laughs> I think that yeah. I mean, the final moments of the happy phase are going to be bittersweet uh, mm-hmm. for players because uh, yeah, I mean, the shift over to darkness. Everything changes about that world. I'm just really excited about this concept now. The more I talk about it. Yeah, um, I'm sold. Although, am I going to have to... I guess we're just going to have to pay the whole 60 bucks probably, right? To get these... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's basically guaranteed. Yeah. Well, um, one thing I hope I don't have to do, as much as I love 3D World... Uh, I, I hope I don't have to play through the whole thing again to get to Bowser's Fury. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even thought about that if it was going to be somehow tied into the story of the first game. Well, we'll see. Hmm. February hmm. something. You heard it here yeah. first. February. <laughs> February 12th. 12th. And that's not the only thing we're getting on February 12th. Thank you for that jumping off point, John, because yeah. uh, just like a, I don't know, half hour, hour maybe after they dropped that trailer, they also announced that they're coming out with a Mario red and blue edition Nintendo switch. Yeah, that looked really cool. It's no switch pro, but it's, uh, it's certainly a lot more red than the other. It's a lot of red. It's (laughs) a lot of red. They're saying it's red and blue, but I mean, it's it's mostly red. It's mostly (laughs) red. And, uh, it's interesting. I, I was thinking back to, you know, all of the other editions, there haven't been a ton of them for the switch, but you know, the animal crossing edition, stuff like that. This is, this is the first time they've actually changed the color of the console part itself. The, you know, the screen housing. Yeah. Uh, well, the switch lights, uh, change the console parts. And, um, yeah. so I have some thoughts about that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, I think they chose a nice color palette for the switch lights. I think they were, uh, they were subdued enough, but still, you know, I don't know, vibrant. They, they, they found this balance of, uh, of console color where it's not super distracting while you're playing, but it's still pleasant to look at. Yeah. Uh, I'm worried about red because mm. that red is just like, I don't think you're going to be able to unsee that as you're playing. <laughs> That's true. I hadn't thought about that. The distraction factor. Mm-hmm. Cause I had been eyeballing importing some of the red joy cons from Japan at one point that are basically this red. They're not the, they're not the neon red that comes with the default, uh, switch. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, yeah, no, that, that could be, that could be, I mean, if neon colors aren't distracting you though, then, but this is, we're talking about red around the screen, right? It's red around the screen. Like it's one thing being off to the side and, and you're in your eyesight being in the middle of the, of, of them. But when it's, when it's literally surrounding you, I don't know, maybe it's the best way to play this anxiety filled Bowser's fury of just like, you know, <laughs> add to it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's fine. Uh, they also announced that, uh, cat Mario and cat peach amiibo are releasing on the same day. Uh, I didn't really keep up with the amiibo thing. I think you did for a while, right, John? I did for longer than I should. It was, it's, oh, okay. uh, the way I do things, it's, it's, 
It's it's all or nothing. <laughs> it's all or nothing. And I I went full throttle on all of the Smash Amiibo. Um, uh huh. Extended that into the Yoshi's wor- wo- uh, what was it? Woolly World Amiibo. Yep. Uh, and then as soon, like the harder it got to get these amiibo on launch day, the more I just gave up. And I was just mm. like, nope, I, I can't invest this much time and, and have this much stress <laughs> yeah. over something that I, I honestly don't need. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. So yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know that I would be rushing to pick these up. Uh, I appreciate that they like figured out how to texture them in a way that they're still plastic, but they look furry somehow yeah that was they nice. kind of look they look like wet fur though which is a little bit yeah well there's a anyway, lot of yeah. water there's a lot of water in this in this new game so maybe that's that was, true um, that's true and yeah. uh <laughs> they said that the uh, the bowser and bowser jr amiibo from smash will also be compatible somehow uh i don't know what any of these are are going to do in the game i don't even know if you'll be able to play as other characters in bowser's fury that's an interesting thought hmm. um well we'll see yeah, and uh, just as a little bonus, they also announced that uh, they're they're going to be adding a challenge on Super Mario Brothers thirty five. Did you did you see this? Oh, I didn't see that. Wait, no, when did they, is... when did they announce that? Uh, I think this may have just been a press release thing. Oh, okay. Um, so this is sort of like uh, when they rolled out challenges on. Gosh, what was that? Oh, like uh, New Super Mario Brothers 2, where you the world was trying to hit a certain coin count together. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, they're asking all of the world's players to work together to defeat 3.5 million Bowsers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a lot of Bowsers. I didn't know that many Bowsers existed in the world. Yeah. But, wow, that's a that's an epidemic. Yeah, I've ever heard they of get one. thrown around a lot in that game if, if you're playing against people who know what they're doing. Yeah. But uh, apparently... I mean, despite that that lofty number, they're being very generous and saying that if you can defeat just one Bowser, just one, and uh, I think the time frame is, what does it say here? January 18th to January 25th, one Bowser and you'll earn 350 My Nintendo Platinum points. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was, you know, that's nice. I, I haven't really done anything with my nintendo points i don't even know how many i have at this point yeah i see that they've started getting into their uh a, lo- a bigger complaint about all those is that they uh n- they didn't have any like physical you know things that you could get they started finally doing that some of them have been pretty cool some of them have been a little meh, but mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. think they're slowly going in the right direction yeah it was definitely disappointing when they closed down i feel like right when they got it right i guess it was around the time the Gosh, what was that, like Wii, maybe early was, Wii U days? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some some really cool stuff. I know I cashed in a bunch of points for that gold Skyward Sword. The gold sword, nunchuck? Uh, yeah. Nunchuck, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. That's the last thing I got from there, too. I spent all my points on that. Totally worth it. <laughs> also, I, I yep. took it out of a box recently, and uh, it the, the plastic is not of the highest of quality. The oh, color, no. The color has not aged well. <laughs> Oh, John, I gotta go check on mine. <laughs> Hold on. No. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's disappointing. Anyway. Yeah. There you have it. Some, some free points, you know, maybe they'll come out with some new stuff to spend them on. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to add to this, uh, this list of announcements today before we move on to our, our second and last topic of the day? Mm, I think we'll just, we'll have more to say about it after we play it. And I'm excited yeah. to play it and I'm excited to spend 
uh, $16 on a DLC, basically. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just, I'm realizing now it's exactly one month from today. Cool. So well, let the countdown begin. Let's do it. Uh, all right. So uh, bouncing to our entertainment section here, uh, WandaVision has been WandaVision. getting a lot of, a lot of hype right now. It sure uh, is. Because as the, as the very first, the very first non-movie Marvel Cinematic Universe content, as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. And I thought that was interesting, but it makes perfect sense if you think about it. But yeah. um, what I really appreciate about this is this uh, this tells me, you know, we touched on this a little bit when you were talking about Investor's Day in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel is like the rest of Disney right now, just really willing to throw spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. this is, this is a really out there, very creative sort of unexpected way to bring the MCU to a sort of an episodic format. Um, I knew very little about this. I don't want to spoil it for myself, but I, I read like a really kind of top level synopsis. Okay. And it's basically that, following the events of Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. where we know, spoiler alert, uh, Vision meets his demise. Well, uh, that was at the end of uh, the... Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, uh, Infinity War. Infinity it's just War. Endgame, Endgame was like, oh, we'll bring everyone back except you. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Wait, did Vision not come back? No, he didn't come back. Because remember, he he was he was killed before the snap. Oh, right. Yeah, he wasn't killed by the snap. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. OK, well, so I'm not sure how Scarlet Witch Wanda Maximov ends up in this state with him, but the two of them are trapped in an alternate reality. And that alternate reality, going back to spaghetti at the wall here, is a. 1950s era I Love Lucy Bewitched style sitcom filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> Wait, it's filmed in front of a live studio audience? Yeah. No, yeah. really? The, ser- the series is filmed in front of a live studio audience. I don't know how they swore everyone in that audience to secrecy. Uh, or, I mean, I mean, I'm assuming this happened before... March of last year? <laughs> Are they yeah. endangering? <laughs> okay. Well, I, yeah. I wasn't, wow, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't not expecting a, an, an audience on that. That's makes this even more strange to me now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I, I heard rumors that it, the audience may have just been like friends and family. Okay. <laughs> like just everybody space, space six feet apart. Probably. I don't know. I don't know when they were filming this. Uh, but anyway, as they're living out this sort of, uh, 1950s Dick Van Dyke fantasy, both of them start to realize through just sort of like glitches in reality that something's not quite right. Okay. And, uh, that's about, that's about it. I stopped reading after that. So like, um, it, it seems like, you know, as things play out, you know, as they, initially adapt to this life and then start to unadapt to it as they, uh, as they see these sort of, uh, inconsistencies. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, I think that, uh, when I was watching the trailer, the inconsistencies, like those, those weird glitches, I think, uh, 
I think they actually handled those well from what I can see because those are the parts that actually got me interested in like, oh, what what's actually happening? Like what's actually going on here? Um, right. And it was like kind of scary and, and like unsettling in some parts, just like uh, the, the one that stuck, the, the one that stuck out to me was like, um, there was this one person that, uh, she asked like how you were doing and she was like, I, I, I don't know. And I was like, yeah. Oh, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm worried about that lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it definitely has sort of like this looming dread feel despite it's sort of bright and cheery presentation. I think that's a really interesting, uh, sort of uh setup and sort of that that duality of it is going to be really interesting and and i think that from the you know this is this is supposed to be kicking off the next phase of the Mm -hmm. mcu with uh winter soldiers coming very shortly after though right yes yeah i don't i don't have the date for that in front of me but i yeah i do know that one's coming soon too okay uh this i think somehow ties into the new doctor strange movie Oh, really? Okay, well, if it's an alternate reality, then maybe, okay, that starts to make a lot more sense. You knew a lot more about this than I did, so I'm learning a lot right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I don't consider myself a comic nerd. If you you are, more power to you. There's probably more informed podcasters to listen to on the subject. (laughs) Probably is an understatement. (laughs) Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I just, I feel like this is one of those things, pop culture osmosis as I, as I make my way around YouTube and stuff, I'm just, I'm, I'm soaking these, these things in. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see the first episode this Friday. Um, it really, it looks like, it looks like, uh, a fun thing for the people involved to shoot too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think like, I think anytime there's something this weird, I think those are the ones that actually end up shining. Like, cause, cause you know that when, when something goes, when, when people act this strange in these shows and when you have a premise, this, this strange is like a sitcom Marvel show in front of a live studio audience. Like you can't help to have fun with that. Yeah. And, yeah. and Marvel movies are already really fun without all that stuff. So, so I am really interested to hear uh, how this ends up being received I have seen uh, I have seen a few kind of early reviews from people online. Uh, reviews as probably um, overselling it. It's like uh, tweets, basically, of just saying <laughs> impressions. Like, hey, I, yes. Yeah, impressions, sure. Um, but it seems to be uh, to be pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. like it's not just, it's not just weird for the sake of being weird. Like it's weird for a purpose and, uh, and they even, even, and I, and I think what's, what is actually really interesting. And I think what keeps driving my interest about it is just how different, um, everybody's saying this feels from past Marvel things. And mm-hmm. anytime Marvel tries something different, uh, it has seemed to work. And I think the best <laughs> example of that is Thor Ragnarok. Absolutely. Took the words out of my mouth. Any, yep. Anytime they sort of skirt your expectations and, uh, you know, lend new voices, new perspectives. Uh, and yeah, I, I think this is one of those things that Marvel does so well and DC just cannot. They just they can't figure it out. No, they almost had it. They they like they were. I, I feel like the first Wonder Woman was like, yeah, you know what? Don't give up on us yet. And then second Wonder Woman. <laughs> uh, no, we should. Uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> yep, exactly. 
All right. Well, yeah, I, I, again, just really excited about that. I think, uh, you and I are going to have to touch base regularly on, on Fridays. I guess it's every Friday for eight episodes or something. How how many episodes are they doing? I think it's eight, uh, maybe longer, actually. I don't know. I, I should have had that in front of me too here, but I, I don't. Hey, well, Um, if it's a, if it's a sitcom, let's go full, what, 23 episodes a season. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. When uh, neighbor Hulk shows up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, anything else you want to add uh, before we wrap things up here, John? I think we have reached our half hour limit we're giving ourselves. I think we covered Mm -hmm. two exciting topics. Uh, Again, both current, which is Mm -hmm. certainly something we don't do every time, but is always (laughs) a bonus when that happens. I got to say, we've done a very good job staying relevant despite our lack of commitment to schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So good for us and good good for for you, listener, for for making it through another episode of Tendo Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Making Uh, it through that it's you make it sound like it's torture, Mike. That's true. I'm I'm sorry, John. (laughs) I I enjoy our podcast a lot. I hope I hope you do, too, at home. So, uh Thank you. And now is the time <laughs> when John and I, is this going to be our sign off every time? Yeah, we need to, we need to find something else. Uh, but really, uh, bye. Bye. bye.